Around the world, scientists and entrepreneurs are integrating abundant renewable energy to invent a better future that is healthier and more affordable. That's all good news for the planet. This is Entrepreneurial Journeys, a podcast about entrepreneurs providing solutions to social and environmental challenges across the world. My name is Emma Kloppert, and over the next episodes, I'm going to take you on a global tour to meet these impact entrepreneurs from the cities of Central Africa to the coasts of Europe. How have their companies been built? Which problems are they trying to solve? And what are the honest personal stories behind them. In this episode, I speak to Joost Wouters, founder and CEO of the Seaweed Company. True pioneers, as they are not only building a company, but an entire industry. They grow, harvest and process seaweed in Ireland, Morocco, India and the Netherlands. And, according to them, further global expansion will follow soon. We had an inspiring and sometimes even quite emotional conversation about his determination, the struggles, but most of all his personal mission to make seaweed a force of change for a livable future. As it said that seaweed is one of the biggest untapped resources for addressing climate change. It's obvious that some things are the right thing to do and, and then it's just stopped almost by the rules or the, the rules of the game that we have invented as human beings so we can also change them. But before the conversation starts, let's first try to understand the bigger picture the seaweed company is contributing to. How is seaweed going to change the world? Every episode starts with calling an expert who has all the answers. In this case... Hi, I'm Paul Dobbins, and I'm Senior Director for Impact Investing for Ecosystem Services and the Lead Specialist for Seaweed and Shellfish Farming at the World Wildlife Fund's U.S. office located in Washington, D.C. That's quite a title. So you're a specialist in impact investing and seaweed. Paul, what's the bigger picture of seaweed as a nature-based solution to climate change? What we see is a significant opportunity for seaweed to play a role as a climate change or nature-based solution to both some of our challenges within the ocean and some of our challenges around food security. And what are those challenges in the food sector that you're referring to? What What's the role seaweed can play? Seaweed has the opportunity to help reduce the pressure on terrestrial agriculture because it produces a highly nutritious food source when farmed, but it does not require the traditional inputs of terrestrial farming. There's no need for arable land, fresh water, or fertilizers to produce this nutritious biomass that can be used for both human food and for livestock feed And research is suggesting there's also opportunity to use seaweed as an alternative feedstock for things like uh, packaging and, uh, and coatings. So I believe that seaweed can play a significant role going forward in helping us combat some of the effects of climate change and providing food security for an ever-growing population. 
Sounds like the possibilities are quite endless. Uh, Paul, I, I'd like to invite you to dream a little. If we realize this potential of seaweed, what would a world look like in 10 years from now? If you look at the global trajectory for seaweed production, if we were to extrapolate that out to 2051, seaweed will surpass the potato as the fourth largest crop globally. It's hard to think in those terms because we don't see the scale and the productivity of seaweed farming in our waters that you would see in Asian waters. What's the biggest watch out? What we see as a barrier is innovation. Uh, companies are going to have to learn how to do this very efficiently. And they're going to have to have products for the market that will command a price that will enable them to survive economically in what is essentially a global market. Someone who is determined to harness the potential of seaweed is Joost Wouters. Together with his two co-founders, he started the seaweed company in 2018 and already has seaweed farms in four countries divided over three continents. He has big ambitions and wants the company to grow as fast as the seaweed does, but in harmony with nature. But if you look at his resume, some different directions were taken before he ended up as the CEO of the seaweed company. After working for some large corporates for over seven years, Joost and his wife Frida decided to craft a freer life, moved to Spain and set up a successful training and consultancy company together. Can these moves be considered detours or were they all necessary to finally start building the company of his dreams? Well, detour, it's its funny. It's like I've That's one thing that I've done since my uh, that I did do since my since a young age is always choosing uh, what's next based on what I feel is next, not what I should do. So after secondary school, I started studying in Delft as a mechanical engineer because I thought that is that is something I would like to do. Uh, when I was a graduated engineer, I started working for a fast-moving consumer good company and I was selling diapers, shampoos and, um, and what have you, skin creams, uh, being an engineer. Uh, after that, I was a member of the board of a soft drink company. So there, there are quite some, some different things. It's not detours. Uh, for me, those were the right things to do at that moment. At that moment. And you stayed at the at the multinationals for about seven years, I believe. Why did you leave? Well, there was a point that uh, my, let's say, earlier dream came up, and that was to become my own boss. That was a very strong urge, that I want to be uh, someone who decides what I'm going to do. I don't want to be um, a part of a hierarchy where I'm a part of the chain, um, and I want to pioneer. And, 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 and I feel that you can only do that when you're an entrepreneur. From what I've seen and heard of you, you, you seem quite headstrong. You have a strong voice of your own. Do you easily listen to other people's opinions? Well, I, I'm happy and open to other people's opinions, of course, but I'm not sure if that will change mine. Uh, <laughs> I know people around me 
<laughs> that sometimes complain about that. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I, I, no, I, I do listen, and and uh, and that has helped me a lot as well. No, especially now, but but also in the past when. The moment you're aware, or I became aware that I don't have the truth, and I know the truth about everything, and uh, it's it's very nice to listen to other um, to other people. Although I have to say, there needs to be some credibility. So I don't listen to each opinion or each and every opinion. Yeah. But if people with this kind of credibility or background or an expertise say something, then I'm extremely open. You can completely make me wrong and I don't care. You can say like, I, so that that's if it comes from the right mouth, then I uh, listen. Yeah. Okay, so if there is a level of credibility, you're open to listen. Do you find it important what other people think of you? Not in the decisions at you... all. Otherwise, I would not have the, that list that I just mentioned of only careers. Uh, because everyone finds something. Um, that's why you don't have to listen to what others think and just think about uh, about 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 yourself. Uh, now, everyone finds something, and and the moment you realize that is either an opinion or their fear or their projection or. Like the the first moment we, my wife and, and myself decided to become an entrepreneur, there were people that said like, "You're stupid. You you have the golden career. You 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 have uh, you you get a child. Uh, you're you're stupid." I said, "Thank you." But it wasn't a stupid decision. The training and consultancy company that Joost founded with his wife Frida was a success. But after some years, Joost made another bold decision. He wanted to start a new company the seaweed company. Or maybe it wasn't so much a rigorous decision, but more part of a process. The time that I started thinking about seaweed, 10 years before we we, we moved to Spain and we came back from, from Spain. And I remember that the last two, three years when, when we had our business in Spain, I more and more started to feel an urge that I want to have tangible impact. I want to have something that you that I could touch, that I could smell, that I could see in the market, and to be honest, training, consultancy, and 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 and, and coaching is not tangible. And the other thing was, if I was working with corporates about sustainability programs, yeah, it's not really unwillingness, but there was nothing really happening, and and that frustrated me a little bit. So I want to have tangible impact, and at that time, I run into someone who was talking about seaweed and that hit a nerve and, I, and actually i fell in love with that from quite the beginning and it was not so it was why not was the, that why did you fall in love with seaweed from the beginning well it was a combination of not knowing about it because i knew nothing about seaweed but having enough understanding or a grasp of what it could be uh, like an unexplored uh, resource or plant that like any plant on land has has a lot of opportunities to use medical medical opportunities or building opportunities you can build with bamboo but with seaweed we don't know it and and, and i quickly read about it that it's all possible and it grasped me that wow there is something underneath the water where there's a world of 70 percent of our planet is is filled with water it should call be called water instead of earth of course but uh, planet water or or planet ocean (laughs) Um, and we don't know about it. And that excited me. And I thought, like, that is something I would like to spend my energy and time and passion on, to to make something visible, to make seaweed visible. That was my first idea that I wrote down in my, in my notebook. I want to make seaweed visible. 
what were the first steps you took? Well, of course, um, I didn't know a lot about seaweed, and and Stefan, uh, our marine biologist, played a big role in my first steps into seaweed. Stefan is already for more than 35 years working into seaweed, and uh, so so he helped a lot. Um, so the first thing that we did was just reading. I mean, there is a lot of information about seaweed in the world. That was the first thing that I noticed. I said, there are thousands of papers written, what can be done with seaweed? But if I look outside, I don't see it. So why is that? What is, what is stopping that? Why is 98% of seaweed coming from Asia and, and outside of Asia there's nothing while there is water? So I started to look from the, 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 the frame of if seaweed is so great and has so much potential, why is it not here? What are the obstacles? And how can we start building that here? So those were the, the first things. So together with Edwin, we, we started to look at, okay, how, how would we do that? Where, where will we start? Um, and we decided we need to, we can talk a lot, we can shout a lot, we can build beautiful PowerPoints and say what we're going to do, but let's turn it around. Let's start doing it and prove it and then go into the world. And since Stefan lived in Ireland, we started to build a plan on starting a seaweed farm in Ireland. And that was our first step. And I also recall in our previous conversation that you said that you um, that you ordered a big net somewhere by yourself with Stefan and just started trying. Yeah, that could you tell us a bit about yeah. how what happened there? What so so do? when we when we uh, decided to start our first farm in um, in, in in Ireland, then the step was to get to get money to get seed capital to start it. So that was the step in between, where we. Um, uh, where I had some platforms where we could give our presentations and we get, got some people in, uh, private investors, uh, a bank, uh, an angel. And the moment we had that money to start, we said, okay, now let's go for it. And then we uh, we ordered uh, just uh, 32 nets, huge nets, and we started <laughs> a farm in Ireland. And, 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 wow. and we run into so many obstacles and, and, and things. Uh, but that that's one thing that we knew before. We said we will, for the coming 10 years, we will always be running behind the facts because yeah. our ambition is to have impact and to have impact, you need skill and speed. Now, it doesn't exist in the world. There is no blueprint how to do it. There is a blueprint how to do it on small scale, but those approaches are not scalable. You can, uh, like how seaweed is harvested and cultivated in Asia, it's all by hand with yeah. little farmers. You can't do that in Ireland or in the Netherlands. So we know everything we're going to do as of now is to say no to to existing approaches and to yeah pioneer with new, pioneer with new approach. You're an impact company. How is seaweed going to change the world? Let's just sketch this for people that don't understand yeah. the impact of seaweed. Good question, because I had to learn that as well. So. <laughs> seaweed has has a couple of areas where it can have an impact on the world. First of all, it's not the solution. It's a contribution. It's it's. I find it very dangerous to say it's the, the solution because then strange things might happen with people with a lot of money and without any moral, <laughs> and they start emptying the seas. Now, so seaweed growing of seaweed growing seaweed has is very beneficial for the ocean. So when seaweed grows, it absorbs CO two. It's like any land plant through photosynthesis. It transforms CO2 into oxygen. And um, by doing that, it deacidifies the ocean. That means that the ocean gets less acid. 
which is very beneficial for corals and, and, and life underwater. As well, it is a kind of a habitat for, for, uh, for marine life and it is increasing the marine biodiversity. So seaweed is a starting point for new life. So smaller bioorganisms start growing there and fish start to come there and bigger fish come there. So, it's a start. so growing seaweed is extremely healthy and beneficial for oceans. And there's even more to it. Seaweed also contains a lot of micronutrients, like protein, sugars and fibers, and has a positive impact on the immune system of people, animals, and even the soil. The solutions sound quite endless, you know, and all the possibilities, what you can do with seaweed. Uh, on the same time, you know, when you start a company, I think focus is quite important as well. Um, what have you chosen from everything that can be done with seaweed? Where are you going to... Um put your bets well focus is not my middle name i mean <laughs> i i am very quickly uh, distracted uh, no well not distracted but i get enthusiastic <laughs> about possibilities and uh, and i sometimes get frustrated indeed that if we would have the money and the people then we could could do all those things in parallel and that is what i try to 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 establish as well but yes we do need focus otherwise we get uh, we are too spread too thin. So there are two areas where we say like from all the possibilities, what you can do with seaweed, we said we focus on two areas and we call that blue farming and blue health. Blue farming are the seaweed-based products that uh, can be used to um, facilitate the transition to regenerative agriculture. Blue health are the products that uh, can be used to, yeah, uh, improve the resilience, health and well-being of human beings and also the transition to a more sustainable diet. And if you had to choose one thing that's going to make the most impact with seaweed? I think right now what I see is that the, the blue farming activities will have the biggest impact. And what impact are we speaking about? We're talking about uh, impact on the greenhouse gas emissions, yeah. a reduction okay. of that, so CO2, nitrate, um, we are talking about, uh, uh, yeah, in the end they're all related to that, but improving the what's called feed conversion rate, so the amount of feed that animals need uh, for the same performance. So a cow that uses, or a pig that uses our supplement, needs uh, 3 to 10% less feed. Well, that goes back in the whole chain in, in, uh, where up till the, the, the farms in Brazil or the forests that get cut there to produce yeah. soy, uh, soy. So that impact. Yeah. Uh, that, so I see the so biggest So the one thing is, is cattle feed. No, uh, cattle and, and, and soil. So it's, so it's the, farming, soil, yeah. the, the, the farming activities. Okay, clear. Uh, Joost, in this series, we also try to show the power of pioneers all across the world working to gather to make this world a better place uh, so therefore we always bring the voice of some um, local partners into the conversation too wow yes we've contacted uh, your counterparts in ireland and morocco mm. let's they have didn't a, tell me <laughs> let's have a listen hi my name is Aoife and i'm a research assistant at the seaweed company i'm based in the west of ireland and i work in the research facility there where we grow juvenile seaweeds and do various tests to try and figure out the best methods to farm seaweed. And my motivation to join the seaweed company 
was that I'm very keen on learning how to farm seaweeds and researching seaweeds. It's a really amazing experience diving through the seaweeds, especially knowing we have seeded them from the juvenile stage, just little dots on the ropes. And then they have grown one to two meters in length, long, wavy, golden blades um, that will all be used for healthy, nutritious food for people. Uh, yeah, that's very special. And then my dream for the future um, is to get more people involved in seaweed farming. She sounds so passionate just she listening is, to how she yeah. describes this. What does this do to you listening to this? It's really cool to hear. It's it's it's. Th thanks for doing this because it is. Uh, these are nice questions to ask to our to our team members uh, and to hear their passion and why they join uh, the, the seaweed movement. But it's so clear you would hear this from anyone in in our company. Uh, from a different background maybe, but with Eva especially, especially, that's why I'm not surprised that she talked about her diving because that's her passion. And when I see the movies and the, the pictures when she goes down in the water and in a diving gear. And uh, now she is, um, she will have also a very bright seaweed future ahead of her. She is really, really cool into seaweed, yeah. Wow. Um, we have one other um voice note from your counterpart in Morocco. Hi, my name is Amin Kharoub. I am uh, here in uh, Nador, close to the Lake Marshika, uh, under an olive tree, very close to the greenhouse where we dry the seaweed. It's a hot day, so I found some shade to be able to talk to you. My motivation to join the seaweed company was uh, that I was looking for uh, a um, professional activity that was aligned with my convictions. And even if I was working before in renewable energy, I was looking for something with uh, more impact on uh, the planet, on our shores, and uh, something that was uh, uh, very uh, positive uh, for the planet and the ocean. That's why I'm working at the seaweed company. The most special moment during my time working in the seaweed company was probably when I was in this truck driving the first container of green seaweed uh, in the harbor of uh, Nador to be shipped uh, in the next uh, 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 boat uh, to Europe because uh, it was very complicated to get into this uh, moment, uh, administrative, technical, and human-wise, let's say, and 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 this was a big moment for us and a big achievement. My dream for the future is to be able to um, have different locations in Morocco and Africa, leading with different species and mastering all of these cultivations uh, for a better impact and, and, and greater products. Yes, your face really brightened up while listening to this. I saw a lot of expression going on there. Um, what, what were you thinking? Well, it's, it's also here, it's really great to hear Amin. I mean, Amin has done an incredible job there. And, and when he shares that, uh, his experience, I could fully relate to that. But what I found so great to hear is that the reason, the motivation when you hear that, it's all, all the same. I want to have impact and I see that seaweed could, be, could play a big role. 
And um, all these colleagues, I mean, you have now asked two of them, uh, but if you would have asked all 25, you would have the same, more or less the same remarks. And at the same time, those would also be people that you would like to put in a room and have a nice party with because they would all be a fit and a click. It's a really cool, uh, cool gang. I can, uh, I can imagine, definitely. Um, Joost, I found a TED talk of you 10 years ago. <laughs> and um, I had the feeling that it was quite a different Joost on stage there. I think you were uh, speaking about how companies uh, should adapt in changing times. Um, if you were to give a TED talk these days, what's the message you would want to get out there? Oh, that's a very nice question. I didn't know that they kept that stuff on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> they keep everything oh, on the Oh, really? Internet. I should check that out, maybe. Now, a TED talk nowadays would be about, uh, I would say, connectedness and consciousness. I think that is not even about seaweed. I mean, seaweed would then quickly follow up as a means too. But it would be about connectedness, about the way how humanity has completely disconnected itself from its surrounding. Uh, And that... Working and then my own experience uh, bringing that in of how working with seaweed in that perspective has helped me to get connected again to be with my hand. This morning I was harvesting seaweed with my hand through the slimy leaves <laughs> with the seawater. Um, that is re- that 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 works really cool. If I go to our farm in 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 the south of Holland in Zeeland, and we're sitting there in a small boat, it's almost meditative. Um, and that helps. It helps me in uh, the choices that I make in my life and, and the way I look at life, etc. And I think that would be the theme of a TED Talk, yeah. So you mean both connectedness to oneself, but also connection between? It has to start with oneself. That's the starting point. And then uh, from there on, uh, outside, yeah, to the world And around, what is yeah. so important about that? I think that if we as human human beings would be more connected to ourselves, that a lot of what we see outside would not happen. A lot. Or maybe everything. Because if you are really knowing and aware of what you're doing and what the effect of it over time or in the next generation or the generation after, or if you only uh, are driven by certain elements like money, and not taking care of what the impacts are on an ecological or on a social aspect, so you're not connected there, Yeah, then, then these things that we see happen. And if you're connected, I think that could be avoided. That's really interesting because now it also becomes clear that seaweed is only a means of impact in a much larger vision that you hold for the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Welcome. And um, I'd like to hear all about your future vision for the seaweed company soon. But before we get there, let's touch on something else first. Uh, you sound confident, clear, but of course, life isn't always um, moonshine and roses. Luckily not. Luckily not. I'm <laughs> curious, looking back, what um, or looking uh, looking forwards, what are your biggest insecurities? What do you struggle with? Well, I can only look back <laughs> to reflect on that because in, <laughs> in the future, I don't have a clue how things will open up and evolve. <laughs> but um, 
Now, looking back, if I look at the period of the seaweed company, I think the moments, and there have been three of those that that I've really felt, um, well, not at ease, were, were the financial moments, or especially the moments where with the lack of financial moments. Um, because you run into those uh, as a, as a, as a, as a com- if you start a company. So when we started the seaweed company, there was no money, there was no income. We had to get the the, the seed financing in. So then the moment you get it in, that's great because then you start building your company and you see that your mission gets traction and you meet people on your way and, and, and starts growing. And then you get to a point where you have team members and commitments and then no sales yet because you're developing. We are developing. We are developing projects, validating uh, commercial propositions. But the paychecks start and the commitments need to be paid. So that those are, let's say, moments where as, as one of the three founders, and I think we all three have that, you really feel responsible. And I have to admit that that kept me awake uh, some nights, yeah. And and uh, yeah, what can you do then? It's 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 uh, worrying about it will not solve anything. But you, I need to get to the state where from where on I can observe objectively and have the right conversations. Because if I start talking to people, potential investors or clients from the from aside from scarcity, like I need money or otherwise uh, we will fail or whatever. That is not inspiring. So I need to be complete and talk and, and speak from this, yeah, this this state of being that that expresses this this hope and this 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 future and this vision. Yeah, and that but is quite some work. Because at the same time, you also carry worries. Does that feel lonely sometimes? Well, lonely. <sighs> What what I what it does in those moments of time is that I realize the world is set up completely wrong because we have people with great ideas with a vision and we have people who love to work on that and we have people with money and we have people who can make legislation. Why is it so difficult? Why are we making life so difficult? I mean, it is obvious that some things are the right thing to do and and then it's just stopped almost by the rules or the the rules of the game that we have invented as human beings so we can also change them i mean one example is we we look at capital for instance our investors not as a typical investor or shareholder now we need to live up and report every month because they brought in the money hallelujah no it is they are part of the team and Everyone in the seaweed company brings in some expertise or skills. Some like IFA brings in marine biology knowledge. Uh, Amin brings in um, uh, organization knowledge. Um, and an investor brings in money. But we're all part of the team. It's not that money is more important than the others. Yeah. So coming back, does it feel lonely sometimes? Yes. I feel lonely that not more people uh, think like that or change the world like that and, and support us in, to make life a little bit easier every now and then. Sounds like you have um, collected a great group of people around you, do, though, who do share uh, share that vision in, in moving forwards. Yeah, definitely. And that, and that circle is only growing. And in the seaweed company and outside, it's like we're touching and inspiring a, a lot of a lot of people. Because um, the phase you're in now, of course, there have been phases in which you struggle, in which you're really building the company. Do you feel things are flying? 
we are definitely uh, f- flying. And what and the big change that happened is, right, uh, in, since March, we got a, a capital uh, injection in our company. And what that did is that it, it, it uh, helped us to scale up the company, to, ex- to expand the team and to increase our execution power. And two days ago, someone asked me, hey, Jos, how are you doing? Are you, are you still busy? I said, well, we are still busy and I still, we're still keeping a lot of balls in the air, but we do have more hands now to juggle. And that is just such a relief. So now we have people with real expertise on logistics, on supply chain, on finance, on quality assurance and all that. And that is such a relief. So that is really uh, uh, something that I wish everyone start, that started a company is get a team around you with, with those skill sets and with the right attitude because that helps you to start flying. At the same time, we need to be very focused as well because it's not, we still live from borrowed money in a way. Eh? We still can't cover our monthly uh, expenses. You're not profitable yet. No, we can't cover all the expenses yet with, with, uh, with our income. We're getting there soon. But it's still, uh, this is still the moment between startup and scale-up. And this is uh, an interesting moment to be in. But last week we had a meeting with the whole team. Uh, actually, it was yesterday. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we were thinking about how all those departments and disciplines fit together. And I said, guys, do you realize that Unilever and Cargill and Procter & Gamble and Pepsi-Cola all have been here 100 and 150 years ago? They've all been sitting together at this stage Guys, we are at a moment that things need to become fluent and, and, and intertwined together. But right now, no one thinks about it anymore. So this is a unique opportunity. We are, we are really building the foundation of a company that will become huge in the future. Jos, what are we going to see of the seaweed company in the next years? Um, that's a nice, uh, nice question. And... Uh, the, what we will see is uh, on a couple of areas you will you will notice it. First of all, uh, we will have a lot more farms, seaweed farms, all around the world. Uh, so uh, if people listen to this and feel intrigued and say, like, I want to start one, I want to do that, that's, I think we need that. We do need seaweed farms around the world. Um, what we also will see is that the seaweed company, the way we have started, we see it as a kind of, of platform more than a company. So that means that 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 everyone that wants to work with seaweed can find a way, either way, to, to start working with us in very intense or less intense. But we can, we need to build this this organic platform approach, uh, and that's what you will notice. Uh, and if it's called the seaweed company or it has another name, I don't know. But it's, uh, uh, and what you will see as well is an increased awareness about and respect for seaweed and and and, and the plants of the ocean, uh, and that's what you will see back in in, in your stores. Maybe what you find on your plate, or or uh, what we see with reduced emissions from from the farming activities. Um, yeah, and I think that that the seaweed company, if you then watch a TED talk, <laughs> will can share that that and and and. and res- yeah, look back at the the tiny yet uh, significant contribution it has. Um, <laughs> this moves me when I say this. Um, it's the uh, the contribution the seaweed company has been able to to give to yeah a life that is maybe a little bit better than although it's still good, but a little bit improved as it was uh, when it started before it started. So. Uh, 
that's what I would look forward to. Why was that sentence moving you so much? Well, because I realized that expressing your deepest desire and your deepest mission is, is uh, yeah, it, it, it moves me. And normally I think it, and from thinking, I, the thinking doesn't move me a lot, but <laughs> hearing it myself saying is, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Thank you for sharing that. So um, when would you say your mission is truly fulfilled? I think you said already a bit about it. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's ever fulfilled. Um, I do see some steps in the future, though. I think that especially seaweed is in 10 years' time will be a kind of established industry. And that means that with that, probably probably other companies step in. And, and hopefully, if we've set then a strong enough uh, foundation that seaweed cultivation and the use of seaweed by then can be scaled up even further and can be used but then in a, in a sustainable way uh, and at that time when it's not pioneering anymore then then and when seaweed is visible then for me personally at least i would say my mission has been accomplished wow um thank you so much for being my guest well thank you for asking those very nice questions <laughs> of course yeah. thank you thank you for listening I hope you'll join us the next episode for another inspiring entrepreneurial journey, or maybe even start or continue your own. This podcast is powered by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Netherlands and the Netherlands Enterprise Agency. For more information about how they can help you propel your business forward, please visit rvo.nl.